Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. What is up? I am your host, Charlie Shrem, and you're listening and watching another epic episode of Untold Stories, where together, twice a week, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, Bitcoin's OGs, those who truly understand what they're doing and who can explain to us why what they're doing is going to be the future of what we're going to be doing. And in the past almost 300 episodes or so, we've been really spot on. We've, we've been together through bull markets. We've been together through bear markets. We've been together through the times when y'all emailed me and said, is this industry going to even exist a month from now? <laughs> uh, we've been through a lot of things together. So everyone take a deep breath. No one's going anywhere. Very excited. There's a lot of really amazing things happening. Uh, I'm heading off to the Cannes Film Festival next week. So I'll be excited to bring you guys a lot of episodes from the people that I'll be meeting. Those who are doing things in film, media, TV, celebrities, film studios, crypto folks. There are a lot of Bitcoin OGs who live out in castles in France. And I'm going to try to get them to come over and, and say hello and come I'm on the podcast. But before we get to all of that, you guys are in for a real treat. We have an amazing guest today, Rob Richardson. Rob, thanks for coming on Untold Stories. Hey, Charlie, thanks for having me. It's a it's a it's an honor to be here with you. I love I love uh, your background. I love I love the pink. It's such a great, happy color this morning. Hey, you know, gotta gotta stay in perspective. Uh, there's a uh, uh, people like to uh, stay in the moment, and uh, in terms of uh, following the current trends, which is right now is just fear and panic, and I try to stay calm. What's cool about like what you're doing with disrupt art? I was thinking about this this morning. Is that like you don't have to follow financial trends. You don't have to follow like political trends as much uh, because art is very personal and invokes like emotion. It's there's zero people who can ever argue with you over what you like or what trends you're personally following. To give everyone a little bit of background of you, uh, you're the CEO and co-founder of Disrupt.Art, which is a really, really cool marketplace uh, that's revolutionizing uh, art, music, fashion, film. You're also the founder of Disruption Now Media, um, which is a platform that connects entrepreneurs, artists, leaders through interactive events. You have a really cool podcast called Disruption Now. You've had- I have you on it. Yeah, you got to have me on your podcast. You've had some amazing guests that I'm looking here that I want to have on on this show. So that's really cool. And what's also is that you're you're giving back, which is really nice. I see that you were you were appointed actually the one of the the youngest chairman of the University of Cincinnati's uh, a board of trustees. Uh, that's so cool. Starting an innovation hub there. Uh, do you like working with like folks in school? Do you like work? Do you think that's where uh, we all need to be focusing right now? Oh, I, I love my experience there. So I was there for nine years uh, and then your term ends after that. But I, uh, I love that experience and definitely believe that all of us need to be as much as we can in tune with not only uh, college, but schools and really K through 12 and doing everything we can to, I think, empower our kids because it's not, you know, it's not just one path. Education is a path. Uh, higher education is one pathway, but it's not the only pathway anymore, nor is it even the dominant one. So I think in terms of us being connected, we need to be connected with the young people, helping to guide them and teach them um, and helping to really foster their creativity, not to really uh, not to try to suppress it. Because it's it's and when we get a little older, we think there's only yeah. one way of thinking. There's only one way of doing things and there's never one way, two ways or three ways. And, um, and, and that's why I find myself here. I always figure out how can we improve? How can we innovate? How can we challenge the default? What's your, what's your personal like 
journey when it comes to to art like you know going back thinking about taking art history class in college and then not knowing anything about it, it it almost seemed like you were taught that if you weren't an artist yourself, then you can't appreciate art in the way that yeah. artists can. And I think that's that's so wrong. And it wasn't until like when I got into my 30s that I even start understanding that maybe art to me personally is like a capturing of a specific emotion that maybe I want to call on. Like I have this painting of a of, of a homeless veteran who who you could tell is just, immensely struggling with PTSD and you can see in his face, it was a self-portrait. And I look at that every morning because I struggle with PTSD too. And it's like, yeah. that's what art is. Do you, do you kind of feel the same way? I do. Uh, art, I believe is the physical or spoken expression of emotions, feelings, and moments um, one way or another. Right. And that can be, I think there's a, there's a narrow definition of art when people think of it's just, it's a, creative process in a painting or something like that, or you're, or you're a musician. Those are certainly artists, those are certainly very talented artists. Uh, but you're also artists if you're speaking to people. There's an art on how to speak to people, how to connect with people. What you're doing right now as a creator of a podcast, you are certainly an artist and certainly a creator. And there's a lot of value in creating that hasn't always been realized or captured. And what I'm excited about with this current environment with, with Web3 NFTs, it allows more opportunity for creatives to uh, receive a return. I think part of the pushback with people isn't that like, they're like, okay, these are just people creating images. It's like, there are some people that have a problem with creators getting money this way because it's like, uh, there's the, there's a false belief that, that a lot of creators means you sit down, smoke weed, you know, do what you want, get up and just start doing something, yeah. right? There's a lot that goes into being a creative, whether you're a painter, whether you're a spoken word artist, uh, no matter what, whether you're a musician, whether you're a yeah. photographer. These things are honed crafts that take time and talent and should be rewarded for such. I never thought of it that way, actually. I never thought of like being a podcaster as being an artist and and going on all these years. You're right. Like perfecting the and people ask me, like, how how can I start a podcast? My response is always just go do it because yep. because I wasn't an artist beforehand or what we call like a creator. And I actually I want to talk about that for a second because that. And we're gonna. This will lead eventually into a Bitcoin and NFT and Web three conversation. Sure. But I'm I'm getting into like this, this like cultural asset layer or like energy and and potentially like Einstein's theory of relativity and how it all, and 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 you're talking about um, what's there's another equation that the golden ratio, the golden yes. ratio where it's it's all it all you know mathematics, crypto, art. It's all coming down to the human psyche. So going back Absolutely. to this for a second, can we move away from the term artist and go to creator? Exactly. Because the term artist implies like what? Like sub subjectivity? Like people have to approve you? My 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 uh my friend was telling me the other day, my friend is a, an amazing glass blower. He just his dad has been a glass blower his whole life. And he learned from his dad on the side as a side hustle because right. COVID and needed to make some extra money. Dad taught him how to blow glass. He's doing it for two years. He goes to the farmer's market, sells his glass. It's cool. He gave me a plate. He's making me like a backgammon glass board. So cool. Um, I'll share his information. But he told me the other day, he's like, yeah, Charlie, I'm not a true artist until someone commissions me. And I'm like, no, dude, no. you're an artist. No, you are. You are an artist. Uh, and perhaps you're not in business as an artist until someone commissions you. But that doesn't define you as a artist or the art. It's the if you if you do art for the only the external approval, then you will find yourself not very creative and you'll limit your 
capacity to create. So as we, uh, as you just quoted Einstein, who's one of my favorite, he's also an artist too. He was in music. People don't know that. And, and one of the things he's in that, and he was an artist in terms of how he thought about science because he didn't allow the current rules to define uh, what science could be. That's the, that's how I came up oh, with the law so of true. relativity, right? That's how yeah. I came up with it. He, 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 he challenged the assumptions of what was there and saw outside of that. That's why the most important quote by Einstein, there are many I love, but one of the, one of my favorites is he said, imagination is more important than knowledge. See, I believe that imaginary, uh, that, that not nothing imaginary, that um, the creative yeah. tap that we have that leads to our imagination is the most powerful tool that we have. And it's not allowing ourselves to feel like uh, everything is limited by what we see in front of us or the knowledge that we have. And so that, that, that's, that's what I feel. Someone, I was reading an article about like what dreams are the other day. And one of the best answers I heard, it was like, dreams are just like a restless subconscious. So maybe creating, I'm not using that art, art, artist word. Although I like the word art and disrupt.art is yeah. your, is your website, which is great by the way that the TL. Cause we're also disrupting what people think about when they just think yeah. about art. That's the whole concept of it too. So definitely question art and limit ourselves to that. I agree with you. Do you almost like have to get into this conversation with people when you're explaining the value proposition of NFTs you do. To, to them? How do you kind of jump into it? That's a great question. It, when discussing NFTs to anyone, I try to figure out what's their perspective on the world and what's their experience. So I tend to usually ask them a few questions. Uh, if they're a little more experienced and I won't say experienced, have a little more, they have a little yeah. more age to them. Uh, maybe they're in their, 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 their 40s. Uh, then they've been through a few cycles, if they can remember, where the world has changed, where, some, where people, where most of the population said, we would never do this. People said we would never have the internet where it'd be totally, uh, where, 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 where we would go online and, and just have all business. It will never be safe. Those conversations happened when I was in college. Uh, I think it was Paul Krugman who said uh, the internet, and he, was, he's an, he's a, he won the Pulitzer yeah. Prize for economics. He said, the internet, I'm paraphrasing them, but the internet will have no more impact on the economy than the fax machine. Very smart people that had been developed over time couldn't see what was innovating right in front of them, right? And so, but we've seen that. We saw what happened with dot-com. Then we saw it again with what we call web two, social media. Go back to what people were saying. They were saying, there's no way that uh, this is going to replace media. People will always want a physical newspaper. People will never trust things that are in media, that's what now everybody only gets their media through that through those sources. Uh, uh, Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix and said that, that. Th thought the future was people would just want to come get their uh, physical items and be able just to get them and get a physical CD. No one would trust downloading. No one wanted to go through that process and that painstaking. Blockbuster's out of business. Netflix is a multi-billion-dollar business. If I'm talking to creators. I say, make sure you are Netflix, not Blockbuster. I tell them that story. <laughs> if I'm talking to parents um, who may have kids that play Fortnite, I said, you know how much you pay for those skins and those things? And like, isn't that, that? And, and, they, and they usually get riled up if, they're, if they can relate to that. I said, but uh, so you see this world where, where, where kids are actually paying for these different designs that they don't even own. Now with NFTs, your kids can make designs and they can own it and they can sell it instead of just giving it, you know, giving it away to somebody else. They actually get paid for their creative genius. Um, or just get them to understand the basic definition. So I tell them, you know, if, if I can capture them just to get them to understand the basics and make them understand yeah. that they have to make a mind shift to understand that you can see NFT's value just by one thing. Do you think we're going to become more digital or less digital in the future? 
almost everybody says more digital. Okay. Therefore, you can see there's value in why is there value in having a digital identity? Why is there value in having the, the blue check mark next to you if you're on Twitter? Why is there value in, 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 in who you are online and your presence and your avatar and all these? There is there is value there. The value is increasing. Do you think that's going to decrease or increase over time in terms of where we're moving as a world? Almost everybody has increased once I frame it to them that way. And then I explain what NFTs are. So it's, really two, it's really two basic things. And before this, I said, you got to understand blockchain. And I'm really simple. I said, blockchain is, do you know Google Docs? They say, yes, I know Google Docs. I tell them blockchain is Google Docs without Google. That's Everybody. actually so brilliant. <laughs> and I was saying very similar things to people. That was like one of, I would say Google Sheets. Yeah. Same type yeah. of thing. Excel. Right. Yeah. Without, but, but without Google. Right. And so like everybody has this shared database of, that no yeah. one can hack, but everybody has access to and can see. And so a like lot this, of maximalists are listening. Probably not max. A lot of people are saying like, oh, Charlie, that's not accurate. And I'm like, yes, you're right. You're right. But you but have to the get the first toe in the water so people can wrap their head right. around something before you expand. No, that's exactly right. It's not totally accurate. Like there's other ways to, there's other deep definitions, but what, but what, what, but what we get caught up in, I say we, people that are insiders to this language, like me going to explain to them about, you know, algorithms and block note, like what's the point? Like they, they, I will lose them. They'll go over. And people do not need to know. This is a really important point for everyone who is working on converting people and making them understand this technology. People do not need to understand the technology. People normally do not even understand the technology of email. Most people do not know how emails, how you get an email to go from point A to point B, and they do not care. All they know is that they can send information and it gets them somebody instantly. That's all they need to know. And so I tell people, that's all you need to, all you need to know is how this works. So I tell them, this is how this works. You can share information like this, but NFTs are even better because now you have two things that are powerful. Number one, you have a digital fingerprint, just like you and I have fingerprints that can't be exchanged. We can't exchange our fingerprints, right? So this becomes a digital fingerprint, digital DNA, whatever you want to say, a way to authenticate a, a, a digital, a, a digital place in time. And it can't be replicated just like your fingerprint. Number two. There's an application portion to it. So just like you, um, you know, and, and if they're old enough, I tell them about Kickstarter. Kickstarter yeah. was something that, you know, you would raise a certain amount of money and you wouldn't kick in until you got that money or a certain amount of people uh, gave you money. So that's all smart contracts are just applications, just a set of, just a set of conditions. And then I, then I lay down different examples. So I let them know this is now a way that you're able to, uh, change the game when it comes to so many things. It's not just art. Art is one of them. And I explained the simple example about uh, if you're Michael Jordan and, you know, you, we have his original playing card. How do we know it's original? Usually it has to be, if we don't, if Michael Jordan is not handed it to him, uh, handed it to us himself. Yeah, how do you know? There's somebody that's authenticated, right? Now the, that could be authenticated through this digital fingerprint. Boom, taken care of. The second part now is that when you sell this, normally when we sold it, sold this only in the physical world, uh, Michael Jordan or the original creator didn't get any of those sales, but now you can automate that process through that smart contract I talked about. And so I bring up that example, but then I say, okay, but look, it, it goes further than art. Uh, the Super Bowl this year used the NFT. Why would they use the NFT? I told them. So let's think about this. When the Super Bowl goes up, scalpers go on, they buy tickets, yes. right? And then they sell them. But the NFL doesn't get any of those secondary sales. Change everything to an NFT, all of a sudden, they can still jack up the prices, but the NFL gets 5%, so on and so forth back. And a lot and of so, people say yeah. like, well, why couldn't they do that now? And the answer right. is because the, the, it's the 
the smart contract written into code that's on this this uh, 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 smart token, if you will, sure. that you're holding. So instead of holding like a Bitcoin or an Ethereum, you're holding this token that's a one of one and it's a smart right. token. And the creators of it can stop you from sending it, can lock yep. it, can write something to it, can unlock it, can make it worth more, can make it worth less. They can take percentages of sales. So really like that's a that's a very good way. And then and then like if yeah. you're talking to a mortgage person, you can explain that maybe a yep. house could be turned into an NFT. Talking to yep. art. So like what about if you actually look at the problem that disrupt art is solving? You're solving a custody problem actually. Because Correct. most art is actually digital anyways. Yep. Unless it's custodied in your house or you're holding on to it or whatever. Yep. And so now you're giving the ability for people to potentially custodialize it with you or through like a vaulting service. And then you could issue them. And I know like 4k.com is doing things like that. I think that's potentially the future. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so I would say the problem we're solving is providing better way for creators and brands to connect with their collectors, fans and audience and doing so and really focusing on what the most important impact, like you just kind of mentioned is utility. So there's only really four reasons from my perspective, why an NFT could be, is going to be valuable or is valuable. It could be all four of these things. It could be one out of four of these things, but number one, the ownership history. Again, if uh, Michael Jordan owned, again, go back to him, owned one of our NFTs, the fact that he owns, it makes the value go up. Two, it's rare in some way. I think that kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Three, it's the first of its kind. Nobody's ever done this type of NFT. Usually that makes it valuable in some way because it's kind of the first of its kind. Anything historic, first of its kind becomes valuable. Number four is the utility, which is the real world value, which I believe is going to be the primary, uh, the primary use of the technology. And so when we're looking at artists, it's looking at helping musicians to make it easy for them to do a, a type of exclusive event uh, 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 yeah. with, with some of their fans. And we make it easy without some of the problems that you get when you do Ethereum and OpenSea. It's very hard to connect with your collectors. With us, it's very easy. All we need is their email. We can airdrop and then it can share literally to your wallet. And so we make it very easy uh, for utility to actually happen. In long term, I see us disrupting uh, the likes of Live Nation and many others that take so much of the of the profit from these uh, creators uh, that I think it, it prevents them from you know being able to 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 be creative and to and to really connect with their fans. So our goal is to use this technology to yes help the creators and then also help the collectors and the fans have a kind of co-ownership interactive okay. experience with their with their favorite film, with their favorite artists, with their favorite fashion brands, so on and so forth. So you could you could almost make the case that NFTs and also the that the marketplaces or the dashboards in which they're like created, minted, written to, interfacing, uh, they're like community fan management that that the artists actually can own and maintain and control. Other Correct. than like having a big following on Instagram, Twitter, and other That's places. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah. That, that you, you helped me see that. I'm going to have to use that. Good one, Charlie. Go ahead. Do you, uh, no, I was just going to say, like, do you notice artists coming to you or creators? Keep going back to the artist word. Do you notice creators coming to you that have existing like fan bases already? Can it be someone? Is there a good discovery mechanism for new fans to find new artists? That's a great question. So I've, I've found a mixture of both. Uh, if you have a, What's interesting is those who have a big following, unless they're very innovative, and we have some, are definitely a lot, a lot more uh, 
yeah. hesitant, ask a lot more questions. And I get it because you have more to lose uh, at that point. Um, but I also tell them you have more to lose by not innovating in this space too. And uh, but uh, so I, I'd say it's a mixture. And definitely if you're a emerging artist, I do think there is opportunity to be discovered this way. You still have to, you still got to do the basic hard work though, right? And you got to go out, make yeah. sure you're connecting with your fans, have a great vision, develop your craft. Um, and these things can be like, I, I, I do believe that there's been a unrealistic expectation in the world of NFTs sometimes, because we've had some artists that have come on and not really promoted their work and just expect that they put it up and that yeah. it's going to sell and it just doesn't work that way. That's what that's what they always end up think ha- is happening. The media is not talking about NFTs as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So what is happening? Like, what are the type of artists that are coming on? What are the type of communities that they're that they're getting? Uh, is it is it audio? Are you seeing uh, uh, more like drawn art paintings? Is it video film? Uh, what do you think it'll disrupt the most first? In which category? So I think it's going to. We're going to see a lot of disruption in film. We're definitely seeing some concepts where the fans will be able to interact. So as you said, community management, another way to to also think about this is like a a different way to crowdfund. Okay. So uh, the Squid Games, uh, did you see the Squid Games? Yeah, it was uh, awesome. Yeah, it was, right? Uh, You may or may not know that it took that director 10 years to get that to be piloted by, and then Netflix finally uh, agreed. And of course, took all of his IP rights and everything else. And so this franchise is worth like a billion dollars. And it takes I'm a sure long time to make a movie. What's that? It takes a long time to make a movie. It is a long time to make a movie. But, you know, imagine now, though, you can create a process where you crowdfund, but now in a, in a much more interactive way. It's, so let's take Squid Game. You know, you got different characters, some with the, some with the square, some with yeah. the uh, triangle, others. And then you get fans that can collect different moments behind the scenes. Perhaps then the fans, the owners of this community can help determine different endings. They can uh, have behind the scene access to the, to the actors. And then this is before you even have the film. You can just get the concept of the film that you're, that you're bringing. And, and this, this, this community is helping to bring this film to life. Then you can go to, because I still think, you know, Web 2, I'm not one of these people that think Web 3 is going to resist, uh, is going to replace everything in Web 2. Yeah, I think yeah. we're still going to have Disney. I think we're still going to have Netflix. But the hope and what I believe is going to happen is now the film directors and others and the creators will have more leverage when they approach them. So now you come with, you know, 2 million fans, some money, and then some traction already. And you can go to Netflix and say, okay, not only is this good for you and your network, perhaps we can find new ways yeah. to interact this community to help build Netflix as well. So now you're coming... You're coming with a set uh, with with not only some dollars, but already a built-in fan base that's going to help market the movie. And then maybe you can use that as leverage to help to say to Netflix, like you you can get in you can get it get in on this as well. So then you have more leverage when you're approaching these uh, these uh, companies versus having to give away everything. Yeah, you, I mean, uh, it's the return of the DVD. What I mean by that is like, so so I'm I'm an independent. Film producer and independent media. Oh, I didn't used know that. You got to come on this We got to work together. I've done two movies. I've we did two movies last year. My wife's an actress, so she got me into the industry. And we okay. did a romantic comedy called "Ask Me to Dance." That's gonna be it's just in the in the final post production process. Now you'll see released before the holiday season, and then hopefully knock on wood. And then we did a horror movie called "Trauma Therapy Psychosis," which was the oh, sequel wow. to another movie called "Trauma Therapy" that was done four years, four or five years ago. 
that was very successful. So we did a sequel to it. But I want to do the NFT with you on that one. Yeah, that well, awesome. that's <laughs> we we yeah. own all the rights and all the properties, and and you know both movies had high budgets and stuff with famous actors like you know like uh, that everyone knows and everything, and actresses or whatever. I think it's a gender neutral term now. Um, but you, but it's it's hard. Like I'm now I'm trying to make a Stephen King movie, and just to fit, just to wrangle the rights from the old director who's been trying to do it for ten years. Like like yeah. Squid Game. He's held the rights for 10 years to make this yeah. one Stephen King. And I live near Stephen King, so I really want to do it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Stephen King. I'm like, hopefully, if he's listening, I'm like, let me do your movies. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to get the rights. If anyone has the rights to a really good story, email me. I like... I, so I agree. There's there's a huge... And tell them to come on together. This part we're bringing. We'll make, we'll make it all worthwhile. Go ahead. I didn't oh, yeah. Idea. No, but, but going back... In, so independent media used to be amazing. And yep. it used to be where you could make... A, a, a 500,000 to $5 million movie independent. It was, it, it was not, and what I mean, independent media wasn't done by a major studio. It's not pre-sold to a major studio. And it's not like Netflix called you up and said, Hey, I'll give you $10 million on delivery where you're even no, like independent media is where you're doing it on spec. You could have independent studios. Like if you're doing yep. a million dollar film, you can have an independent studio and you have to like, people don't realize, like ask anyone to see the budget of an independent film it's hodgepodge between like multiple multiple companies giving you money on delivery a tax credit borrowing against the tax credit by that states and countries give you it's a whole most of the time you're doing the movie without knowing if you're going to get half of the money the rest of it yeah but what sounds made like a startup too but go ahead yeah <laughs> but what made independent like media possible for a very long time was the dvd yes and the dvd was amazing because you can go to a movie pay to see it and then you're going to go buy the DVD. I remember. I'm old enough to remember. Exactly. That. So why did you hold DVD collections? Why did we buy DVDs? There was a reason for it. It was more of like a cultural asset. It was more of like, you want to show your friends who came over which DVDs you were holding because that defined almost like who you Correct. were. And it also gave filmmakers the ability to know like they'll make their money back. You can exactly. get a Walmart DVD sale. You can get a Target there was a way to do it when DVDs went away. So the NFT is like that. That's kind of now people are like, oh shit, Charlie, that's fucking brilliant. That is it's, brilliant. You can yeah. see. Um, you're, I, I didn't come up these. with it. I didn't come up with it. I can't take credit. <laughs> I got, I'm running that. I'm running My that. My friend down. Tom Malloy, he's brilliant. DVDs were back. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that. So. I'm gonna. Who, who came up with it? Um, credit. My friend Tom. My friend Tom. He's got a. Okay, big Charlie's film friend Tom. Yeah, Charlie's friend Tom. But if anyone's in in the Cannes Film Festival or in France, like send me a message. Um. Actually, I read a script about about that takes place in Cincinnati. Uh, okay. Can I tell people that's where you are? I, oh, we talked to University right. of Cincinnati. Yes. Um, it was really cool. And the script was amazing because I'd never visited Cincinnati before. And this is why film is so great. It perfectly painted a picture of like Cincinnati is this like Americana that's been lost. It's yeah. like, you know, like yard sales and like diners and just like that, like what we all loved about like the past hundred years of America that's kind of disappearing in major yeah. cities, that's like Cincinnati. And it was a great script. So I'd like to visit. Well, I, I'm going to take you up on that offer. So we're having Midwest Con, August 12th or the 14th. We're going to talk a lot about oh, cool. uh, film and NFTs. We got some big names, knock on wood, can't announce them yet, that are coming to that. And the city of Cincinnati is going to be one of the whole sponsors. We'll have the mayor there and everything else. Uh, but, you know... Love to have you come out since uh, you love to come. Oh we'll God, definitely host, yeah. it, host you. Please send me the information 
I send will. me all the information, like, uh, and I hope the listeners go and and get a ticket too. But that sounds like I don't really have anything going on mid August, so I couldn't see why not. It's an easy. That's exactly flight. why we did it. We figured most of the things are going on, nothing going on there before Burning Man and all that other stuff. So we did all that. Yeah, and Ohio's really nice in the in the summertime too. Absolutely. Another thing I I was I was uh, paying attention to too is that you you built disrupt art. So like if you can if we can take all crypto industry projects, companies, people, whatever you want to call it, there's two paths. You can build your your project or your coin or your company crypto for crypto. So your target audience is already crypto folks. Right. So you don't have to like, there's a lot of easy, it's easier in some respects, although your pie is smaller of your target audience. Or you can do what you did is you're building crypto for the mass. Correct. Do you ever think about that? A and 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 you know it, why? It's harder. Like you could have made it a very it is harder crypto centric connector MetaMask type of thing. We could have, uh, but I believe the future of the industry is going to be using the technology to create value. So again, having an NFT by itself is no more valuable than .com. So take people back through a little bit of history, right? Business.com and you might remember this, Charlie, was valued at something like $340 million just for having the dot-com behind it. And I'm sure they, they wish they would have sold it, but they, 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 there was this belief at the time in, in the early, in the, in the late 1990s, that having the dot-com, just the yeah. dot-com itself was valuable. And no, it's a, it's a, it's a tool. And how you create value, uh, how you use it to create value will determine if you're successful. So Right now, so we did take a bet, and it has been harder, uh, but I believe in the long run we're going to be successful because when we look at where we are right now, right, we're going through this 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 turmoil right now of what's going on with the crypto and the NFT market, and what's going to happen is the same thing that happened uh, during the 2000s. You can ask Jeff Bezos, Google, and many others about that bubble and see how much money was made and see how much money was lost by those who all got out. I know people that owned Amazon and they wish they would have held on to that. So it's just about, to me, looking for the long term, just having a project, NFT project by itself is no value. Making sure you use the technology to create value is the secret sauce to me. And that's why, and that's why we focused on the, 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 yeah. the longer term picture, because eventually if you're, t- if you're focused on just doing what everybody else is doing, that's just speculation. And you're going to, you're going to pop with the bubble. You think that, uh, term nft will change do you think people will use something different because like we used to like all the terms we use for crypto even though our term crypto is only like two years old or whatever yeah. three years old my guess is yes uh it's i don't know what it's going to be yeah. if it's just you know uh you know it wasn't called i mean i mean no one calls they used to call web the social media web two, and it's you know, obviously it's called social media yeah. Who knows what it's going to be called? And that's why I say, you know, the insiders that, that worry about teaching people all the tech, all the technology, it is important to understand the basics of how it works. But at the end of the day, we have to show people how this will improve the economy, how this is more efficient, how this can solve current problems that we have in the world. We've uh, we've moved into the into this like gig economy, especially with COVID. So now I'm sure like a lot of these creators are entrepreneurs themselves they're not people that are working full-time jobs where this is like their side hustle this is yeah. where people are making making their income yeah oh sorry so what was the question no there was no question i'm just oh. it was a statement i'm just thinking i gotta think out loud on the show a lot. oh no just, you're good you're I good I, it's it's <laughs> if you're if you're doing and there's nothing wrong with doing this for investment and these are some very this is another reason why yeah. 
I'm a big proponent of people understanding this space because there's a great opportunity to make a good amount of money in a way you can't make. If, if you sit your money in a bank, let's do the math really quick, right? You're, uh, even if you get the highest savings account, you can, I think it's like a CD is something stupid, 3%? like 0.45%. Yeah, whatever. Like, I don't even think it's a percent. So if you did that in a CD right now, you would be losing 8% of your money. Not theoretically, that's what you would, that's what you would be doing. There's an equivalent that's just as safe as you and I know called staking, right? Yeah. You can do you can stake a stake a coin and make anywhere between eight and twelve percent. So why in the world would you just? I'm not saying don't have any money because that's not that's not smart either. You should have yeah. some money in cash, but like why wouldn't you be seeing these these clear opportunities uh, to make investments? And then if you're a creator, these clear opportunities to start creating a strategy for NFTs. It's because people are fearful. They're letting fear take over, and and then when when a collect when the population gets into collective fear, we all make stupid decisions. Just like when the collective population is optimistic, we do bulls. Now we become bears, and everybody yeah. just does the same thing together. But the point here is, don't allow yourself, don't allow fear to block you from an opportunity. Uh, don't allow uh, people to tell you that you you have to be super technical to get involved in this space. It's one of the things that I that I preach the gospel of. Like it's very important for people to understand why this is the future, understand the technology of it in terms of the basics of how it works and know that they should get involved and teach their kids to get involved in this space because it will be the dominant technology for finance, art, and entertainment. I have no doubt about that. That's, that's, it's so true. And it's, I like that you bring that up. Like you don't need to be technical because uh, are you a developer? I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a developer. A, yeah. No. I'm not an engineer or anything. You know how long it took me to understand I still don't understand Bitcoin. It took years Right. Uh, to, to understand, I didn't understand until NFTs. Yeah, I didn't understand it at all until NFTs. Till I made myself dive into it and make a mind shift. Then I understood it. You know, that's a very good point that you made because I think that's for a lot of people, and I think that's why NFTs took off so much. Is for the first time, the culture world, not the geek tech world, could understand the future of of this crypto. Thing. Correct. Yeah, Correct. I never Correct. thought of it. And that then way. once you make that mind shift. Because I didn't get into it like I didn't understand uh, Bitcoin or anything. Now I completely understand it. And it's really just the mind shift. And you don't have to be super technical. You just have to understand the mind shift and how we've been programmed to understand money. So when I talk about money now, and I've done a lot of research on this, money is just nothing but it's a construct. We literally made the shit up, right? And it's a way we just exchange value. And how we know value, how do we know? Like, So the first exchange of money was actually barley, by the way. It was like, at least what we got like 3,800 BCs around there. I could be wrong a little bit off, but that's what oh it, that's gosh. what we know, barley. And so obviously that that's not that wasn't sustainable uh, exchanging barley for everything. It wasn't until money didn't have inherent value that it really was transformative. So when we moved to gold and silver, that's only valuable because the quote unquote kings, the queens, the elite said it was valuable. There's supposed to be a limited supply, but basically it's valuable because others at the top yeah. valued it. Now, Obviously, coins become valuable because government and institutions back it. And that's why it became valuable. So Bitcoin was created just simply to say, like, you can have this trusted way of knowing how how much currency there is, yeah. who has what. And it easily it, it easily shows it without anybody in the middle. That's extremely powerful. That's never happened in all of human history. The dollar is actually trying to compete because until 2000, I don't know, like 18 or 19, no one cared about 
the Federal Reserve governors, and no one cared about the carry the carry interest rate, and no one cared about the Fedding the federal fund rate, and no one cared about consumer price index, and no one cared about consumer price sentiment. Yeah. No one cared about these things. But now we live and breathe by these like meetings that happen, and the stock market and the economy is so sensitive to it because it's exactly what you said. Now, as people, and I think the dollar and the people that run the dollar are seeing that. Yep. You can't have top-down value. You can't have fiat by federal decree value. Nope. You have to maintain the competitiveness of your currency. And Absolutely. that's why the same notions that Bitcoin has, the dollar now has. Like we have more insight into like the total amount of dollars in circulation and where they yep. are and people can study it and whenever they change the algorithm. So like we've I- impressed on the world in a positive way, I feel like that. I agree. Um, but I want to leave leave you off with a challenging uh, a challenging question. Not a challenging question, but you could help me. I love me. challenging questions. Let's bring it on. My friend's a really good artist. Uh, his name is John. And he, um, and he uh, down here in Florida, his his work is very sought after. All of his art, and we, my wife and I have three of his pieces. And he draws. He's been drawing for 10 sure. years. He draws, but digitally. Digitally draws. Okay. And when he does something, he only will produce, you know, 10, 10 of them, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to him why he should issue NFTs along with people that buy because sure. it allows all of us as collectors to engage with the other. But he doesn't, he didn't get it. He, he kind of blew me off left. I paid for lunch. Yeah, what would you yeah. have said to him? What I would have said to him is think less about this being a NFT that you do, that you just give out digitally. Cause he's probably worried like, why would I give that out? It, it lessens yeah, my value, was. will be my guess. And I would tell him that then don't make the NFT, uh, the art, the, the NFT doesn't have to be your art. Oh. Okay. What the NFT can be for you is this exclusive community that gets first access to your prints. So if that's what you want to do it, you want to keep it totally physical, that's fine. Use the NFTs to do that again, that crowd, that, uh, Community gate, uh, the community fund we talked about, or what did you call it? Uh, community, I forgot the term. What, what term did you use about the community? Anyway, you'll, you'll, you'll remember. We'll, pull it, up. we'll you, pull it up on the show. Yeah. 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 But the point is, you use this. So yeah. there's many community ways. Management. To, right. He just sees this as, and I can see his point. If you're already selling at high value, fine. Yeah. What do then you what you do is you increase your value even more. You say only people that have the NFTs will get a chance to bid on my work, or you get, ex- or you get some type of exclusive work. If you have my NFTs, so then you're doing, so then you're raising the value of your NFTs and this community that's supporting you and you're raising the value of your physical art. Why would you be that's against so that? That's so smart. I should have also told him to and release- And we do that. So when, when he's ready to do I'm that- I'm going to introduce you to him. Have him yeah, come like, on and we'll, it will easily make it, we'll make it very easy for him to be able to do that. I'm going to bring him with me to the, to the Cincinnati event. Yeah, because he does these like mixers once a year for a lot of his fans. And at the same time, People want to, he's a quirky, fun guy. Like he embodies his art and his, the way he lives his life. So like he lives in this architecturally pristine home that was built a very long time ago. And I was like, what are you doing now this week? He goes, well, my screen doors broke. So I got to rebuild my screen doors in the same architecturally integrity. Oh, wow. And I was like, dude, your fans fans would love to hear about this. People, people would, and that's what you can do. You can add on other utilities where you do that. And the thing is, like he's he can now and 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 the other benefit he has is his 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 work can go on on the blockchain after he's gone. 
right? So then you have a way for his legacy to continue in a way that's verified very efficiently versus having to go pay Christie's a bunch. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do that, right? You don't have to do any of that. We we now have the technology where your work can be certified on the blockchain. I mean, there's all types of ways we can help him, but the basic way is like just that. what I just said. Like he should start easy, like create some exclusive prints for this community and and only the NFT holders will get this. Oh, that's a good idea. That's it. I mean, there's then there's other places. There's all types oh, of ways. There's we so can many different. I'm going to introduce them to you. Rob Richardson, CEO and co-founder of Disrupt Art. Disrupt.art is the website. You guys can go check it out. It's a really beautiful, aesthetically pleasing uh, place where you can check out all different types of, of NFTs. If you're a creator yourself, go check it out. Uh, really, really cool. And Rob, thank you. I'll see you in Cincinnati. Please, after we hang up, please email me everything over. I will, I will.